What's up, guys? It's the Blue Bloods, and we're coming at you with another episode, and it continues our ACC in 28 Days theme, and we are joined by Jody Dimling. He's the publisher of Cardinal Authority for 247 Sports and host of the Cardinal Insider, so I just want to say I appreciate you joining me today. No, no problem. I, uh, I uh, appreciate you having me, and uh, always uh, always love to talk a little ACC, and uh, it, it's, you know... I do all kinds of sports, but uh, but I have my favorites. So you'll figure that out when we start talking <laughs> in a few minutes. No. I like it. I like it. But, you know, we got to start with this season, man. I mean, Louisville, they got to a 4-7 and seven record. There were some ups and downs all the way throughout the year. But just in terms of your preseason expectations, did this year meet, exceed, or fall short of what you were hoping to see out of this team? Uh, it, fell, it fell short. Um it, but when you take a step back and you look at the first two years of the Scott Satterfield era, they're really kind of similar. The only difference is the fact uh, of the matter is this year they didn't get some breaks. You know, they, they won eight games his first year. There were so many close games. They got some breaks, uh, in the NC State game, they got some breaks in the Wake Forest game. They got some breaks throughout that first year, and they didn't turn the ball over that much. While they that, while they weren't great, they 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 kept it at a minimum. This year, it was turnover, 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 turnover all the time. I mean, the worst in the country, and they didn't get those breaks. So in those close games, uh, they weren't winning like they were like they were last year, and 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 so really. Like I said, if you take a step back and you look at the way that this first two years went for Scott Satterfield and and and, and for the Louisville football program, they're very similar. Uh, Louisville very easily could have been four and four and seven or five and six in his first year, and this year could have very easily been seven and four, eight and five, depending on right. kind of what where it was. Um, and, and and so. So to me, that's why um, they did not exceed what we thought, anybody thought that they should have or could have. Um, but to me, I may be not as disappointed as a lot of the, as a lot of the fans. Right. I, I think I had Louisville finishing fourth in the ACC coming into the season right there behind UNC and Notre Dame Clemson. And mm-hmm. so, I, I mean, I picked Malik Cunningham as a potential offensive player of the year in the ACC. The, he has so much hype, but I want to get to him. He was one of my favorite players. I'm really looking forward to see what he offers in the coming years. But they had JV and Hawkins, Malik Cunningham, Tutu Atwell. I mean, there was so much flash and explosiveness on that offense, but in terms of Cunningham, what do you want to see him improve on moving forward? And what is one area of his game that if he takes that to the next level, that's going to be the spark that really puts him over the top as a quarterback? You, you know, I think more than anything, he's got to become more consistent. Um, he would have a good stretch and then two bad stretch, two good stretches, then a bad stretch. Or, you know, in, in a game, in, in it, with, within games, he has to be more consistent. Um right. He his accuracy was was kind of off and on. Um, his accuracy wasn't great, um, but I don't think um, I, I don't think it was totally necessarily all him. Uh, Makai Becton showed in the NFL just how good he was. Yeah, and, and and I think when when I look at Louisville, if I went back and watched 
every game in a row right now from this season, and I kind of graded them. I, I think the offensive line played a big part or lack thereof of the offensive line played a big part in what he couldn't get done this year. Um, he's got to improve. He's got to get better. There's no question. There's just no question about it that he, that he has to. But I, but I do think that the offensive line played a big, big factor in that. Right. And, you know, looking at something else, I mean, coming to the season, I just mentioned all the stars on the offense, but the defense was kind of, for me, a no-name defense. It, and at times it struggled, which put pressure on Cunningham, where I feel like he forced a lot of stuff in certain games, but it showed its potential. The Notre Dame game, the Syracuse game, they get a shutout at Syracuse. They hold Notre Dame to, I think it was 12 points. What do you think was missing early in the season? We saw Miami get anything and everything that they wanted in that week two matchup. And where do you see this defense taking a big step forward in this upcoming season? Well, first of all, I think you have to think, you have to look at this. I go back to big picture again, and you have to think that um, two years ago, right now, or out of that 2018 season, Louisville was not only the worst defense in the ACC, but they were one of the worst statistical defense in the history of college football. They were bad. They lost a lot of of their better players off of a really bad defense that it had a, a run of four straight years of, of a different defensive coordinator. Uh, right. So Brian Brown, when he came in, they knew there was there was no depth. You know, they they took a walk on was playing were playing a walk on at safety. They had two or three walk ons on the front line. They they just had guys plugged in places where they didn't really fit. With that said, they've made a big jump the from the from that eighteen year to the first year, and from then until this year. I mean, being ranked in the top 30 in a couple of statistics and the top 50 in every statistic to me exceeded what I thought that they would do early on. It was a matter to when you look at it early on, it's a matter of, uh, you know, Trey Clark probably ended up being their best defensive player. I, I think, I definitely think he will be next year probably was last year. He arrived like five days before camp started. <laughs> you know, wow, he was transferred from Liberty, <laughs> transferred from Liberty late, and and he got here right at the very so so early on. I think the COVID stuff and and just some guys coming in early, you know, coming in late that they had to count on, um, really kind of hurt them a little bit. Um, moving forward, they've got a lot of their key guys back. Yes. They lost Dorian Etheridge, who for, for for four years was a was a solid defensive linebacker, but really didn't have a very good year this past season. Um, a lot of the fans and 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 I kind of agree. Monty Montgomery was probably a little bit better than he was at the end of the year, and and saw more of his reps. So having C.J. Avery come back for a fifth year and Monty Montgomery as that second linebacker, I think they're better at the linebacker core. The better at the linebacker group. You know, Trey Clark is back. Chandler Jones is is a, is, a, is a veteran guy at the other corner. So the two corners are really good. At safety, Russ East and Isaiah Hayes got beat all the time last year. And you hate to say and point out to different guys because it wasn't just them. It was, it was a lot of everything that was going on. But you bring in a guy with Kendrick, Kendrick Duncan, who 
is an all-conference guy from Georgia Southern, and he not only looks the part as a big physical dude, but but he's a player. I mean, he could be an all-conference ACC type guy. And then they've got you know a couple of four stars, and 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 they've just got guys that are better, I think, right now than what they've had in recent years. And and they're going to take another step forward. The defensive line is still, to me, the biggest question mark. They've got more bodies. Think about that. They only had they only had seven scholarship offensive linemen and eight scholarship defensive linemen when this that's staff bad. took over. Okay, it's it, that's ridiculous. They've built yeah. it up to where when they get the freshmen in the summer, I think they're going to have sixteen scholarship defensive linemen but they're but of the 16 I think 12 of them are in the freshman or sophomore classes you know <laughs> so it's going to be young guys but they're going to have to they're going to they're going to they'll they'll work through it and they'll do some things so they're they're getting better there I, I I just think defensively Brian Brown has done a fantastic job and will continue to build this moving forward yeah, I mean, uh, that's that's a crazy stat. I would not, never believe that uh, if you would t- just told me that randomly. But you now I want to move seventeen to wide receivers, though. Oh yeah, well, seventeen that... wide receivers. So. <laughs> well, I think we just saw we just got done covering the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, and Des Fitzpatrick, man, I didn't know that name coming into the season. Every single practice at the, during the game, he showed out every time. On top of Tutu Atwell being there, the wide receiver unit was stacked, but. Moving on to, to Scott Satterfield. He's one of my favorite, you know, newer head coaches at, at wherever he is. This, this was his second season at the Cardinals. He comes in from Appalachian State, had a successful first year, like you said. What were your first impressions of Satterfield as a head coach, and what do you think his potential is here at Louisville? Well, I mean, I think, again, the first year, um, it's a lot about culture. It's a lot about accountability. Um, it's a lot about staff with him. Um, they did lose four guys after this season, which is going to be interesting to see. They've replaced them all, and it'll be interesting to see how they kind of mesh together. Um, you know, for Scott Satterfield, from day one, he talked more about culture. He talked more about accountability. He talked more about guys buying in. And I do, I do think um, that first year we talked about, you know, eight wins the first year, four wins this year. Some of it was obviously luck. A lot of it was turnovers. A lot of it was just, there was a lot of different things. But I also think a little fraction of that is, they call it their special sauce. I don't know what it is, but but they get guys to buy in. You know, guys are at the coaches' homes. They, they're all out to dinner. They do things in normal years. And in covid they couldn't because of COVID. They couldn't do that. They could not have, you know, the offensive line couldn't go to Dwayne Ledford's house every Wednesday night and you know eat wings and his wife's chocolate chip cookies. You know, and right. and we learned the first year that that the guys bought into that kind of stuff. And, and I do think so. I do think a fraction of this second year and the bad year that they had has a little something you know to do with that. Now that that being said, Scott Satterfield. Um, I think has done a really good job. I think they've got to recruit better. They know that they they've got to recruit better, and they and they did this year. This is the 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 second highest star, you know, as far as player rating is concerned. This is the second highest class in school history. 
uh, well, maybe third. It's like it's like tied with second, I think. And right. you know, so they're going to do that. They know they got to do that. His biggest thing now is at the end of the year when it kind of got out that he was looking at South Carolina or whatever the fact was. He lost a lot of the fan base, some of the trust there with the fan base. He's got to win that back. If you win games, you win that back. Um, right. and, and, again, I think they've got a chance to win some games next year. But uh, but for me, um, besides the fumbles, besides uh, – and I, and I mean the fumbles on the field and besides the, uh, the, the key close losses that they've had, I think for the, the 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 only thing he's really done wrong is kind of the fumble with South Carolina and and and, and again I think he can regroup and, and and win the fan base back with some wins this coming year. Yeah, uh, that was a big story. I I thought for a minute that he was going to take it. That would have been an interesting move. But I, I you, you you're part of two two four seven sports. I love talking recruiting. I'm sure you do too. Um, and you just talked about. I mean, Louisville locking up a top forty class. That's huge. It's highlighted by some defensive studs. They need help on the defensive end. You've talked about some of them. But what are your thoughts as uh, you know for this class as a whole? And who are the immediate contributors in this class that are going to come in as true freshmen and really make an impact? Well, Ben Perry, first of all, they need safety yeah. help. They had to have safety help. Uh, the only thing that worries me about this class is there are a couple guys that they're going to have to count on right away that didn't have a senior year. So they haven't played because right. their state didn't have it in North Carolina and in Illinois being Ben Perry and Travion Cooley, the running back, because their state did not have uh, football. They haven't played since their junior year. They've had over a year. It's going to be almost two years off before they get back into it next fall and play. That's the only thing that really worries me about it. I, I think they've done well. So the second to, second lowest rated guy in the class is a kid from Boca Raton, Florida. He was the Palm Beach uh, Defensive Player of the Year for the Palm Beach Post named Ashton Jalot. And he is a defensive end kind of guy. And the first, he's one of 11 guys that have enrolled early. And so far, he's been the biggest surprise. He's been the guy that the staff says, we're not sure we're going to be able to keep him off of the field. That's the second lowest rated recruit in this class. That bodes well for the rest of those guys, of all those guys that are above him, especially the really high ranked ones. So, yeah, I think they did a good job. They fill needs. They fit to their to their kind of scheme and not only did they get good players but they got kids that are really good quality kids and I know that's something big that Scott Satterfield really likes yeah man you got to fit in uh, it's all good to have five stars next to your name but if you don't fit the culture we've seen year in and year out those kids are usually on their way to other schools that they don't fit in but Looking ahead, 2022, it's a really early, but with early signing day, you got to get those kids in immediately. Louisville doesn't have any commits so far, but what what positions, in your opinion, are the greatest importance right now for them in this upcoming class, and who is at the top of their want list? Like, if this coaching staff could pick these one or two players, they would be coming to Louisville next year. Well, def- definitely quarterback. Uh, you know, right now they only have – two scholarship quarterbacks in spring ball, Malik Cunningham oh. and Evan Conley. Okay. Tyler Jensen's a kid who had committed to I think Northern Arizona and backed off of it. He's a walk on weird kind of thing. He's a walk on from, uh, San, from San Diego who came and, uh, and, and is there now at, at Louisville. 
Um, and, and, and he's going through spring. They've got a signee, TJ Lewis, who's a lot of, you know, there's kind of question, is he really a quarterback or not kind of thing? I think he is. They're going to give him a chance. He'll be here in the summer. And then they have another walk-on, a kid who was uh, an, an in-state kid uh, uh, who led his team Trinity to, to uh, Nathan McElroy is his name. He led Trinity to two state titles uh, in the Class 6A over the last two years. So they've got two really good walk-ons, but they're only going to have three scholarship players. they got to have a quarterback. Um, right. And they've got a new quarterback coach, Pete Thomas, who's just kind of getting his feet wet. He's been on the staff for the last couple of years as a quality control guy. But as far as the recruiting is concerned, he's only offered a couple guys. They've offered, I think, 10 or 11 quarterbacks, but he's only offered, I think, two or three since he's taken the job. Um, it, you know, a lot of there's, there's, there's a lot of schools after uh, these kids, but there's a, there's a set of brothers down in Tennessee. Destin Wade is the quarterback, uh, and Keaton Wade is the linebacker. And Louisville, they have, they have gone from uh, we like them to we want them, and, and they're really high on the list. The problem with Louisville in 2022 is if you look at their roster in 2021, and everybody's going to be like this because of COVID in the extra year, but in there, there's going to be 54-ish, 52, 53, 54, 55 freshmen listed in their roster for 2021. So the numbers are really skewed. I And they don't have a big class anyway. It's only going to be between 10 and 15 probably when it's all said and done. And I would think most of those are probably going to come out of the transfer portal just because – how many how many young kids can you take? You got to even you have to even right. the roster out at some point or another, uh, and 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 there's going to be a ton of those uh, guys in the transfer portal anyway. We've seen it this year. It's going to get worse, I think, before it gets better. Um, so this will be a really interesting year for Scott Satterfield and his staff on how they on how they do things moving forward as far as recruiting is concerned. And I do I think. I think what they will do, they got to have a quarterback. And quite honestly, they could take a grad transfer quarterback down the road if they really wanted to. Um, but they've got to have a they have to have a high school quarterback in this in this next class. What I think they'll do is then I, I think they'll take some shots. They'll swing for the fences on some guys, and if they land them, they get them. If they don't, they go to the transfer portal and they get a and they, and they get a linebacker. They go to the transfer portal and they get a safety. What you know, whatever whatever that position might be. Uh, but I do think they take some shots for some guys and uh, moving forward. And, and, and back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, defensive line, offensive line are still priorities. I think they take at least two in every class in those positions, no matter what the numbers are, just because of how low the numbers were when they got here. Yeah, I like it. And with the transfer portal, like you said, it's always full of oh, really yeah. talented players and it's not ever going to stop. And, you know, to end this off, man, I would like to cover a few things in 2021. They got some huge games, Ole Miss and Atlanta. I am looking forward to that one. Those are That's going to be two explosive offenses, and I, I hope that's exactly yeah. what I think it's going to be. It should, and then, it, it, should be, it should be a lot of fun. I mean, it really should be um, because I do – you know, you mentioned Tutu, you mentioned Dez. Javion Hawkins is as good of a running back as we've seen around here. Those three guys, those three guys are gone. But Louisville, Jordan Watkins is a name that people are going to know nationally here coming up in the next couple of years. Um, he's maybe not 
he's bigger than Tutu Atwell, not as fast as Tutu Atwell, but not far behind. He's so athletic. He's a local kid. Um, you know, Braden Smith made some waves last year, did some things. He'll be back there. Marshawn Ford's still back. I mean, he's one of the best. He'll be one of the best tight ends, you know, in the, in the country uh, next year. And, and then you've got Cunningham. And if he plays to the level that people think that he can, and you've got some – there's some real potential for this offense next year uh, moving forward. Now, they do have, as we were talking earlier, they do have three new coaches on offense, and that, that will right. be a big mess. Yeah, and then you also have UCF, not going to be an easy yep. game, even though they're coming into town. You know, looking at the schedule overall, what do you think the ceiling and or floor is for this 2021 team? You know, um, it's, it's, one of, it's probably one of the toughest ske- – I mean, when we, when we ranked, like, the, the teams on the schedule, normally I go to the end and I – you know, I mean, you go you you go to the end and you start from there because it's a lot easier knowing who the you know who the couple non conference that are going to be bad uh, on the on there. Right. But but when you take Ole Miss, Kentucky, and UCF, those three are that's three really pretty solid non conference games right there. And then you and then you throw in the fact that you're going to play Clemson and Florida State every year. You know, mm. NC State is a lot better. Virginia is the crossover every year that, that Louisville does get, uh, you know, next year they're at Duke. Um, and then, uh, and then who did I, I left out? Oh, and then Wake Forest has been a battle the last few years with, you know, with Louisville. So, uh, and, and Syracuse. So there's not many gimmies. That's the thing. Right. And, and I think you go back to what we talked about at the very start. You've got some games that are, that are winnable. There are some games that are you're going to be in, and you're going to have to do some things to win them. And then there's some games that are going to be an uphill uphill battle, you know, for Louisville. They've just got to they've got to correct um, the fumbles and the and the turnovers that they had last year, and, uh, and and take advantage of when they're in a game, winning that game and not losing such close games. So I mean, I I, I see no reason why at this point. Louisville's program every year should not be in a bowl game. Um, I, I know the last year of the Bobby Petrino era was dreadful and, and, and they were at the bottom of the barrel, but that should be an anomaly when you're talking about Louisville football being this right. close removed to a Heisman trophy winner and having the talented guys that they, that they, that they do have, they should every year, there should no, be no doubt every year that they should be going to a bowl game. Yeah, I completely agree. And when they went to the, their last bowl game was against an SEC team in Mississippi State, and they dominated them from the kickoff until the end of that game. I was super impressed. But last question here, and I love asking people these questions because I get so many different perspectives, but you've covered Louisville. You've covered the area of Louisville for some time now, and you know you know all the ins and outs of this program. What makes Louisville so, so special in terms of the national landscape, and what makes Cardinal Stadium one of the more unique environments in the ACC to play at? Well, I think what makes Louisville really so special is, and I don't think a lot of people really realize this until you're around. I think people now are kind of knowing, getting to know this because of the ACC. But I mean, this is the Louisville, the University of Louisville is the professional team in town. Uh, I mean, there, there's no pro. There, there's horse racing. Uh, 
the Cincinnati Bengals are an hour away. The Cincinnati Reds are an hour away. The Indianapolis Codes are an hour and 45 minutes away. The Tennessee Titans are, you know, two and a half, two, two and a half, uh, whatever hours away. There's nothing uh, in the city of Louisville. There's professional soccer and that, and, and that's it. So Louisville is the professional team here and people care. And a lot of people do care. And I don't think coaches really realize, you know, it's funny when coaches leave here, uh, Howard Schnellenberger, John L. Smith, you know, Steve Cragthorpe, Bobby Petrino the, fir- the first time. When coaches leave here, Charlie Strong, uh, years later they say to them, to, to people, why, why did I leave? Why, why did I leave that program? Because you can right. win on the football field at the University of Louisville. They've proven that you can do that. You can have success. You can recruit. You can win a Heisman Trophy. You can win a, a, a BCS Bowl game. You can do things here. And uh, oftentimes the coaches think that it might, you know, the grass might be greener on the other side or this or that. And they <laughs> all, all to a man, have all come back and said, I, I, made, I'm, I, I messed up. You know, I shouldn't have left. Right. And, uh, and I think that's what makes this place special is just the fact that, that it is a community that is a professional team to this community and, and they do care. I, Cardinal stadium to me is a lot of fun because if you're on the field or if you're in the, or if you're in the stands, wherever you are, you feel like you're on the field. And then they built, they, you know, before uh, 2018, I guess, they had the new enclosed in down there um, in, in where it used to be the football complex is still down there, but it used to be uh, an open, go right back to the football complex. And now it's enclosed. And they did such a good job with that, that you can sit in the upper portion of the new enclosed. And I, I mean, literally you feel like you're sitting right on top of the goal line. Um, it, it's just a really, it's a really cool place. And when Louisville is good, when Louisville has a big game and they're good, that place is as loud as, as you can, as a place that you'll find, uh, ask West Virginia. Cause back, uh, <laughs> it, it, that year, holy cow, it was a, uh, it, it was, it was on a Thursday night and, uh, it was, uh, Pat White and Steve Slayton and man, oh man, it was <laughs> It was as loud as it can possibly be. Uh, Florida State with the Lamar game on that Saturday mm-hmm. afternoon was a really – it's a really cool dynamic uh, when that place is packed and Louisville is really good at football. Yeah, that, it's, all, it's all my list of stadiums I got to go to. I've covered a lot of SEC since I'm down from, from – I'm from Alabama, so I've covered the most of SEC, but I need to get up there and get That's to a cool. game. I definitely, definitely would like to, but – that's a wrap on this interview, but man, I, I really appreciate you joining me. I'm gonna give you a chance to plug everything. I know, I know the yeah. Cardinal Insider and all that is awesome. So I'll go ahead and let you plug all that. Yeah, no, uh, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jay Dimling. Uh, Cardinal Authority is my is the website, the 24 seven sports uh, site, and go there. And uh, I do the Cardinal Insider is a it's more than just it's more than just football and basketball, and and that's the other thing that makes Louisville special around here is. You know, we've got a baseball team that's been ranked number one in the country in, uh, multiple yeah, times wow. in the last couple of years. A women's basketball team that currently, uh, well, just last week were ranked number one, and then they got beat, so they've, they've only lost one game. And uh, one of the 
best swimming and diving program. So I am my Cardinal Insider uh, uh, on iHeartRadio each night. I do an hour show, and uh, and that is uh, more of uh, of all encompassing sports. So it's kind of fun to do, and uh, uh, it's a blast. I like uh, I like doing multiple multiple sports, and uh, uh, I love football. Uh, but but uh, but that the variety is good. Yeah, hey, it's like you know the trend that's been going around is that we're an everything school, and that's yeah. exactly what Louisville is. But man, we definitely appreciate it. But guys, you know where to find us. Y'all know where the podcast is available everywhere: YouTube, the Blue Bloods. We'll continue our ACC in twenty-eight days theme next week. But for right now, guys, we are out. <laughs> 